Hey everyone, this is Kyle. Just before we start, I want to let you know that we lost about half of Hallie's audio, so um, we're using a backup for the first half of this episode. So if there's a weird kind of dip in quality and then a spike later on, uh, that's what happened. A similar thing you'll notice will also have happened for Ari's audio next episode, which I'm mentioning now just so you only need one announcement. Anyways, let's get on with the show. Previously on Quest Friends. There's this trivia thing, and I just, I need help. Yeah. Cecilos gets up and he walks to the table that's been having the most success. And before he goes back to his seat, he takes out a pebble, a small little marble-sized shape, which Jebediah grabs in his flipper. Back in Ruleria, this nice guy had this really cool cane that he just gave Misha. Sign and take my cane! And you see him hold up a thin black cane with a glass dome at its tip, and images drawn on the glass flutter like the wings of a butterfly. They're gonna put it on the Adrian mailbox. So Misha goes... Saying... And sticks it in. With a letter! Hang on! Let me put a note! See you at Nano Fight Club tonight. You'd think that for an underground fighting ring, Nano Fight Club would try to stay under the radar. You would be wrong. As you enter Key's courtyard, the sky fills up with beating multicolor lines of laser light, all reflecting off of center statues of the Council of Spheres. The air smells of sweat and popcorn, and Darude's teacup, an artifact that holds an infinitely looping copy of Darude's sandstorm, is blasting at full volume. It's a full-on raid. Before we get to there, I'm kind of curious, what did folks do to prepare? And is there anyone that you in character invited here or anyone out of character you want to make sure is here? A couple of things I wanted to mention. One, that last we saw Sunny, she was inside the little orb that Misha was holding in their pocket. So I'm curious what you did with Sunny. Are you still holding on to her? What's happening there? And then finally, a reminder that Shock had promised Ellie he uh, would not leave Everett alone. And he has been doing very poorly with that promise yeah. thus far. Okay, all right, all right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We are struggling to fit in <laughs> all of the fucking plot points this arc. Yeah. And one or two sessions ago, you're like, oh, by the way, don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> Jesse and Everett will be fine. You don't have to fix their problems for them. Two sessions later. Oh, man, look at Shuck not, not keeping his promise to watch after Everett. The game will remember this. That's why, honestly, it was my bad, because I would have reminded We're you last... We're in fucking Telltale World now. I would have I reminded you last session that you had made that promise, so Everett would just be hanging around in the scene, which is what he's going to do now. He's going to go find a corner and just mope. Okay. But you invited him, which is the important thing. <laughs> What did everyone else do? What did you do in prep for Nano Fight Club? Well, I mean, Shock will invite Ness also. Shock doesn't need to invite Ness. Ness is just going. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ness invited Shock in his mind. Wow. Basically, because Ness was like, oh boy, Nano Fight Club. That sounds like the most exciting thing that's happened on this ship since you took me here 84 years ago. How fucking dare you, Ness? How fucking dare you? It's been 84 years! Been stuck on this boat! (laughs) What else did we do the prep? Well, I... I would like for Zoe and Megan to be getting out and having fun, but they also don't have to be. That's just something that popped into my head. Zoe's hair is immediately, whatever you imagine rave hair is, (laughs) is what Zoe's hair is like. It looks like all of my sister's hairstyles. At once. Since high school. Yes. She has listened to this podcast, so it's okay. (laughs) Okay, so Um, Zoe and Megan are there. mm -hmm. And (laughs) the other thing I wanted to do would be I wanted to invite someone. Who did you want to invite, Ellie? I wanted to invite Ray. Okay, this one we can play out as a scene. No! Okay, uh, Misha and Hop, what did you do to prepare? <laughs> uh, uh, 
Um, <laughs> Misha would have like they don't really know what a nanophyte club necessarily entails. So they would look that up in the data sphere. But then I also want them to like practice some like sick moves with this with their scarf, like turning around, like and like doing cool stuff if they have to show up in this club and do cool maneuvers. Uh Zoe knocks on your door and opens it up, and they just see Misha hanging from the ceiling of their room, dangling by their scarf. Oh, no! Just like in the middle of some uh some maneuver. Salutations, Zoe. I am preparing here for the Nine of Fight Club. And they're doing fantastically, Sunny pipes in. Uh, because Sunny, who you had been with when you talked to the Blue Fairy, oh, yeah. is Stratic Life. Right. And because of that, said that she could give you a couple of pointers, a couple of one-twos nice. on how to fight and how to get things together. Oh, yes. Sunny has been also quite useful in training me for the Fight Club. <laughs> Oh, Sunny, I haven't met her before. She must be a new friend of yours, just like Megan's a new friend of mine. Oh, I do apologize. I sure should introduce you to Sunny, and then they will take the... I forget what thing it is Sunny is in, like a... It's it's like a little key. Yeah, so they will take the key and say, uh, Sunny lives currently within this key. Sunny, this is Zoe. She's a really nice companion friend. Ooh, this is how I get her voice. It is a pleasure to meet you, Zoe, and Zoe's best friend. The threads there are miraculous. And she points to the connection between Megan and Zoe. Oh, that's suspicious. <laughs> All right, so you you head off. I'm assuming you keep you keep Sunny Sunny with you. Yeah. All right, Sunny's hanging out there, and then Hopper. Yep. What do you do in the prep? Well, he well on the way out of Nano Fight Club, he'd be like out of trivia. On the way out of trivia to Nano Fight Club, he'd be like, "I what was it called? Like the Great Acute Exodus or something?" The Great Angle Exodus of the Seventh World. <laughs> the Great Angle Exodus. That doesn't. I I I'm really sorry that we lost. I know you wanted to get a gift for your mom, but I've I've never heard of that thing. And then as a wave apology, be like, uh. Look, if you're not doing anything, I'm on my way to Nano Fight Club. We could talk about a replacement gift for your mom. I know that you're kind of in the 11th hour here, but we could think of something since we didn't win the trivia prize. Yeah, no, that'd be great. I really need to punch something right now. And then you would imagine we just like take the camera out to the outside of the prodigious, which vibrates as we hear Sarah say, What do you mean it's only esoteries? <laughs> All right, so you have all made it to Nano Fight Club. You are in this area. Some things of note, Misha, you know that LaAdrian is here somewhere. You also can sense immediately, this is like the most nanos you've ever been around in your whole life. The amount of stratic life here, the amount of nanos and esoteries, the data sphere power, well, it's intoxicating. There are a few points where there are people without nano abilities. For example, you see sitting in a corner a mustachioed man who, uh, as soon as he sees you, undoes his mustache waves and puts it on back again. It's just Cecilos's way of saying hello at this point. As you come in, you see that the announcer for Nano Fight Club is only the most popular person in the school. So Sir Kendrum is sitting there and he seems to be the announcer for the fights. So what do y'all do? So there's a thing, but I don't know how OP it is because you have given me this power that you don't know you have given me, but it might break the arc because you've given me Sunny and she can see bonds and I have Sunny with me. So if you allow me to approach, say, Cecilos and or other people that are there and see what bonds they connect to, I could see if there's somebody that is connected to the whole ship and solve the mystery. Yeah. Go ahead. Who you gunning for? Uh, well, if I see Cecilos, might as well just go there. All right, you're going to make your way over to Cecilos. And hop, you're going to notice that Misha is making their way towards Cecilos. And Misha, what are you going to do? Um, if, if Cecilos is distracted, I just want to, like, talk to Sunny and ask her which bunch she can see out of this person kind of sneakily. Ooh. Well, it's it's a bit difficult to see the threads. There are just so many here. Hmm. 
but I will see that that's Hesolos. He has a pair of very strong connections off of this ship. Ooh, and he seems to be paired very closely to four people on this ship as well. Congratulations on your new friend. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, then, I mean, I don't have any gifts. I guess if, if, if Cecilos doesn't see Misha, Misha is not going to acknowledge him. But if Cecilos does, Misha is going to say hello. Uh, he's going to wave at you and you're going to wave at him. And for the sake of time, that's all you're going to interact. But Hop, you're going to notice something peculiar. You're going to notice as Misha turns their back and starts walking to the rest of the crowd, you had noticed, and I'm assuming you had kind of kept an eye on Cecilos because you've been, I think, the most suspicious of him. And you notice that he turns around and he uh, goes and talks to a figure, a large walrus-shaped figure. And Jebediah Ishmael, while through their hushed conversation, just hands Cecilos two things. He hands Cecilos a small pebble, maybe the size of a marble, and he hands Cecilos a little gift box. And then Cecilos uh, takes it, shakes the fin, shakes the flipper, and both of them walk and they actually both leave the courtyard. That could be completely innocuous gift giving. We have no way of knowing for sure. Right. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, for now, Hopper would kind of narrow his eyes and make a note to follow up on that later, which he will. But for now, he's with Sarah and he's there to support Shock and Misha. Yeah, is it assumed that you, Shock and Misha, is it, does everyone just assume you two are going to fight? Yeah, wait, what uh, were the indications there? You were just going to go to this because it seemed like a suspicious event with suspicious people. I don't know what your plans are. I don't know. I, oh, got I, I didn't know exactly what. I, I, I assumed that they expected us to do it. I mean, Adrian clearly wants you to. Shock has no expectations going into this. Honestly, uh, Shock feels a little intimidated by the overwhelming number of nanos here. Shock has never been in a specific nano-related gathering before and doesn't really know what to do. They're just sort of like being that awkward person who hangs around in the corner of a party, not talking to anyone, taking comfort from their mental bond with Misha and looking around for the other people they know. I mean, they invited Jesse and Everett, but it's unclear if Jesse and Everett will stick with him because it's chaotic and also they are going through some shit. Yeah, Everett is hiding and Jesse is actually raving. <laughs> so those two aren't around. But you do have one friend. You do have one friend who's been sticking around with you. Is it Ness? It's Ness. <laughs> Ness is not, he's just watching. He's enjoying. He's doing that thing where you rock slightly back and forth on your feet. Just rocking. Just watching. Do you know what we're supposed to be doing here? And this is Mental Link, by the way. Ness. You just seem very worldly is all. Ness hits the side of his head. He's like, God, I'm getting a headache. Sorry. What do you want to know? I don't really know what I meant to do. Is that out loud or? That's still Mental Link. God, all oh, it, it just hurts. You'd think a robot couldn't get headaches, but life will surprise uh, you sometimes. Out loud, Shock will say, do you know... <laughs> What we do at this thing. Why would I know what we do with this thing? Chuck uh, <laughs> will just sort of like, not quite throw up his hands, but like- I make... assume that you fight other nanos. I... Are you gonna fight other nanos? Cause that would be pretty sick. I, but, but why do we, why would we fight? I don't, I don't really want to hurt anyone. That's just making that exact expression <laughs> that the listeners can't see. But what if, like, what a nerd. And so uh, Ness will go, oh, God, don't be such a doorknob. What? Come on. What the fuck? <laughs> I have a whole list of these random insults I made up. More will be coming. You're such a doorknob. This is supposed to be fun, you know? Aren't you, like, aren't you a wizard? That's how you introduced yourself to me. I... I yeah, yeah, I, I guess. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not used to crowds. Then why are you here? Well, we're trying to figure out what's going on. We, we have to find the jagged dream leader and do stuff. And also, Misha was invited. Oh, Ness adopts a look of like that explains it. Wow. Actually, he'll just say, "All oh, that explains it." Wow. And then turns back to survey the crowd. <laughs> Inside of the crowd is Ellie Badge. So Ellie, you invited. 
Ray, who didn't come. Went real and, well for me. And then you invited your daughter and her best friend, who are off doing whatever. Teen stuff. I I didn't want to invite them. I wanted it to be one of those things where they were just there because, like, I want them to, specifically my baby, I want her to be, like, having fun and interacting with people and branching out. Get those good memories in before her best friend betrays her. Yeah, make new friends because... Because one of our top suspects maybe is not a suspect anymore. Cool. Um, that's good because Ellie is absolutely at the bar by herself right now. Yeah. <laughs> so what's Ellie up to? So my first instinct is to just that she's just getting drunk. But like there are chillins <laughs> and uh, I'm a little stumped and I think it's because emotionally <laughs> I'm as Emily, can you, like, help? Oh, yeah, I'll, you know what? I'll help. In fact. Oh, no. I'll give no, a G- I regret this. I'll give a GM intrusion free of charge. So oh. no, no, no XP needed, because no, after all, no, um, I'm helping actually, you out. Actually, well, actually, you know, I... So I actually think no. that maybe you could still give me the XP. You know, it's really not that much of an intrusion because I'm just giving you what you want. So you're sitting there and then you eventually hear. <clears throat> so I was thinking and I was wondering how much of this invitation to this event was social and how much of it was for getting our job done. And to your left, you see uh, Ray holding a uh, glass of wine in each hand. Well, if I'm being brutally honest with myself, there's a a large part of it that was probably kind of so social, um, but there are genuine aspects of clue finding to be had here. It, a lot of people are here, and 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 so suspects are everywhere, and you know we're, we've got a lot of people looking out for different suspects and so another person being here helping out would be really great just to you know be able to spread the net wider you know but now now that you're here maybe like just for for a couple minutes if you wanted to we could condense this these two parts of the net right here for just a minute if you wanted ah well if that's what you want and she grabs one of the pieces of wine (laughs) she grabs one of the glasses of wine the one closer to you she moves it over to uh you as if giving it to you then lifts it up downs it all in one gulp turns over with a kind of mean smile and says well if that's what you're interested in then you should probably actually go be social. And she walks away into the crowd with the other glass of wine. Wow. What the fuck (gasps) is this? Wow. (laughs) I'm going to follow her. Uh, We're going to actually, I'm going to move on. That's the end of that scene. No, I want it. I don't want to get mad at Ray. Gosh darn it. I'm sorry. We don't have time. All right, so you're making your way around. You're kind of investigating. And Misha, after a little bit, you actually see the person you, who invited you. You go and you see Adrian, who is prepping with some of the other contestants of Nano Fight Club in an area right next to the stage. And in fact, yeah, Adrian, for the first time, seems a little less put together than he normally does. They actually are holding a little piece of paper an envelope that they keep looking at and then just keep pacing a little bit more. And they have a cane. Not the cane you gave them. Instead of an extravagant butterfly cane, it's a simple cane with a fashionable black handle. And they're just kind of angrily uh, setting it on the ground as they're just fidgeting with this letter, which they uh, try to put back in their pocket, but it falls to the ground. (laughs) I guess guess, uh, Misha will... Well, first they will ask uh, Sonny... Do any of those threads seem to connect with the ship itself? Ooh, I can't... I can't really say for sure, dear. Fuck you. No. No. You got one. You gave me. You You gave me. You got one. You gave me. 
Oh, can't say for sure who this weapon, Kyle. You get one. I have it. I have this weapon. <laughs> but again, I'm not used to using my abilities by myself, so they're not really fully formed. I can only really see particularly strong threads. Need to fucking parent trap and follow the goddamn quest line if you want to <laughs> solve the plot. Huh. Well, it was worth a shot. Thank you, Sonny. If you see something strange or other bonds that may connect to the shape from other individuals, please let me know. <laughs> I know she won't, but Misha will say that anyways. Um, okay, I'll, uh, Misha will approach Le Adrian and say, Salutations, Le Adrian with an apostrophe. I have come here as you told me to. Uh, I do happen to notice that you may not have received the gift that I sent you earlier today. <laughs> Fucking shade. Adrian is going to be perfectly honest with you, because again, you've got five stars. You're pals with Adrian. Adrian is going to turn to you and say, oh, yes, I really very thoroughly appreciated that gift. And don't worry, it will. It will. And he looks down and, and as he says it will with more uh, emphasis, his hand crumples on the letter a little bit. Be put to good use. Hmm. Okay. Um, or no, uh, Misha will say, huh, good use. Interesting. Did you bring it here? Yes, I did. But well, I must keep it hidden if my true plan is to come into fruition. Hmm. May, may I ask what that plan might be? And if, if, if they are hesitant about it, I, uh, okay, yes, I, I want to see what, what he says, and I have a plan B. He's going to look to the left, look to the right. Well, I think it's time that I made my true identity clear. Uh, it's going to be Vespari. What? No. Okay, I was going to ask, I didn't know if he was like Vespari in disguise, like my true identity oh. and like check out like a, like a disguise, <laughs> like it is me. <laughs> well, they're not going to do it right now if that's the case. <laughs> well, okay, since, since he's being so vague, Misha, well, I have my, my keyblade. You're just going to stab them? It doesn't say that it stabs it if it's a keyblade. I, I, I want to say, well... I also do have a uh, sort of cane that I brought and would like to show it to you. Ooh. But <laughs> it, uh, I would like to show it to you. Damn it, Trojan. It, it will maybe help me understand better what your vague words mean. And so I want to basically like point the keyblade into their direction. Ooh. And see if I can reveal their inner, innermost desire, which I assume it ha it would have to do with whatever plan this is. It says, unlocks the heart of its target, revealing their innermost desire. It's a dolphin sword with a spear at the tip. But I assuming if it's a keyblade that I'm not gonna like kill him, right? It's just a keyblade. So... I'm not going to have you roll because you're five hearts, so you'll get away with this. Normally, you wouldn't. It's going to point to the heart, and you're going to hear whispers reverberate up through the sword, up your arm, and into your brain. You're going to hear multiple whispers, and eventually through the whispers, you hear a few statements. I want I to want, be colorful. Color, 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 color. Villains, Villains are the most are the colorful most thing of all. Thing of all. I, want I want to be, to be a villain. Vill, vill, vill. hmm. And as that happens, you hear a, a double clap and the lights dim. And Adrian says, well, it's been a pleasure to talk with you, Misha. I feel a new, profound resolve after you pointed that weapon in my direction, <laughs> as if some hero would point at an arch nemesis. Thank you so much. And uh, he scurries off. And as he does, you notice that the paper, which they try to fit in their pocket, flutters out. Oh, yes, I grab it. And lands at the ground at your feet. I grab it. I grab it. I want to see it. I just didn't have a good way of just asking for it. What does it say? We'll get to that <laughs> next time. <laughs> I want to say that we all came here in theory to get our clues. 
Hopper has been romancing Sarah. Uh, Ellie has attempted to romance Ray, <laughs> and Shock has just been freaking out in the background. And the other, the only one that has done blue searching is Misha again. Misha's on fucking point at all times, basically. I didn't intend this. I find it funny. <laughs> you all, you all will get very distracted though, because after the clap and the lights dim, and you start to hear music. Because it's wrestling, so like, you know, wrestling music. And one of the curtains, the one away from the side Misha is on, bursts open. And a flash of silver dust reflects into the arena's light just so that it creates a cloud of pulsating technicolor light. Which fades to reveal a ten foot tall man wearing a giant star studded cape and a long plague doctor mask. That was so cool. He bends and moves in the way that his arms and legs are springing him forward in a particularly bouncy swagger. And then you hear the clips. As this figure strides forward, you notice that his footsteps spark like flint on steel, releasing even more silver dust that rises up and orbits his body in a celestial ring. And the announcer says, Presenting the reigning champion of Nano Fight Club, Dr. Silver Steel, Conqueror of the Cosmos. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> yeah, because shock, this might be called Dr. Silver Steel, Conqueror of the Cosmos. But okay, who's up there? Who is that? Yeah, yeah, that's that's Vespari's costume. And he is moving. Like, when you first met him, it looked like his body was kind of buckling under the weight of his legs, but he is springing. He's moving around. He's doing, like, finger guns to, like, half the crowd treats this character like a hero. They're like, oh, yeah! The other half are like, boo! Like, you know how you have heroes and villains in wrestling. And Vespari is just eating this up. He's just, like, loving it. He's working it. He shoots out uh, a couple of, um... A couple of times he, like, clicks his heels and a shot of, like, a spark, so, like, of lightning and fire all at the same time, just shoot up in the air like impromptu fireworks moving off of the silver dust that he's shooting around. And he's just posing and moving and just... You imagine he has a massive grin underneath that mask. He is owning it. He looks cool. He's... He's not that cool. How do you know? Faced him before. What do you mean, faced him? We've tangled back in Rulettia. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that going to go? You were like, oh, I don't want to fight. And now you're like, yeah, I've tangled with Captain Silversteel over there. What? Well, he calls him calls himself the Great Vespari. Uh, not according to what is happening now. You know what? <laughs> and Shock doesn't have a response to that, but he's uh, he's going to move closer in the crowd, like get get up near the, the stage or the raised play. Whatever it is, I'm imagining like the Harry Potter dueling plank. It's like a narrow yeah. catwalk that's like raised above. It's basically that, but with LEDs. Ness happily follows and in fact uh, will grab onto Shaq's robe. Go, slow down. God, just let me here. What if I just let, let me let me. And while he's saying that, he's clambering up Shaq's robes onto Shaq's <laughs> um, shoulder. Goes, I can't see anything. I have to be able to see. Ooh. Can I have Misha be Captain Obvious and reach mentally to Shock and be like, Shock, even though they call this man Captain Silverstein, I am with a 99.9% .9 certainty this is indeed Vespari in a different name as he has the same costume and height and physical build as Vespari. I agree with that assessment, Misha Jarvis. I don't know what he's even doing here. I thought he didn't like being a real nano. Hey, well, I'm also really curious. Maybe he will pretend he is not a nano. Or maybe this is why he is using a different name. Hmm. As you say that, some lightning shoots out again, and you hear a muffled voice just say, I am the galaxy's most powerful nano! <sighs> I imagine that sigh comes to the mental link. Yeah, yeah, it's in the mental link and out loud simultaneously. Also, I'll probably cut this part. It's uh, it's not Captain uh, Silverstein. It's uh, Dr. Silversteel, Conqueror of the Cosmos. But the second you said Captain Silverstein, I just imagined a fighter based on the children's book author Shell Silverstein. Yes, yes. And I can't get over that idea. Didn't care about getting his name right. So it's fine. I'm going to kick your face. Uh, I'm going to knock your teeth into the wherever the sidewalk ends. I don't know. I can't think of good lines, but it could be fun. <laughs> Anyways, I just was really tickled by that idea. 
All right, Shock is gonna have a moment of indecision. Is there anyone out there who's tough enough to challenge the conqueror of the cosmos? <sighs> Shock will far step up on this. Rhetorical question. There already is. Eh? And you hear a And with a dramatic swish, the curtains on the other side of the stage open up. But your eyes might not have noticed this, as the shadow behind them is just as opaque as the curtains that were there moments before. But then, accompanied by a measured click, click, click of his shoes, Laadrian makes his way out onto the stage. And as they continue to walk, you notice something peculiar. Laadrian's sweater vest, so drab and refined, bit by bit fades away to reveal a glistening purple suit with spikes on each shoulder. Their hair, which had been gently placed strand by strand in the most appealing position, now sways independently in the open air. And their cane, the one Misha had given them, reveals with a slam on the stage its true form, complete with a single butterfly on its handle. Like a snake, Laadrian sheds their outer layer and reveals the inner self that had always been there, the one they had simply been masking with their illusion magic. And then, and only then, when their true villainy has been revealed, Laadrian starts to dance. The truest villainy. Darkness, no. Evil's all rainbows. Color. A little bit of color. A dash, a splash, a long monologues that end with that raw, wicked laughter. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the announcement break for Quest Friends Episode 46, Crime and Courtship, Part 11. I am Kyle, your GM, and our intro and outro music are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. In addition, our main announcement today is crediting the song that you just heard, La Adrian's song, A Little Bit of Color, with instrumentals written by me, but more importantly, with vocals performed by Cole Burkhart. Cole is involved in a heck of a lot of podcasts in a heck of a lot of ways. They sing for Quest Friends, just right now you heard that part. But if you want to find the other things Cole is involved in, you can find them at coleburkhart.card with two R's dot co. Again, that's coleburkhart.card.co. Additionally, if you would like a singing role inside of Quest Friends, we're looking for one role for one of our lady characters that I would like to get filled by the end of the month, and that I'll have recording in either November or December. If you're interested in this role, you can check the link to the Google document below and just send us an email with your interest. That's all I got for you today. There is a lot left in this episode, so let's get right back to it. I will see you for our next episode, however, on Monday, October 21st. Megan is Ezra Bridger. Uh, I am 100% convinced of this after this scene. <laughs> any any other wayward thoughts? Misha just wants to watch this unfold, <laughs> but they are rooting for little Adrian. Ness is like snapping along with the song on Shock's shoulder. Oh, I, I love him so much. Shock does not know what to think anymore. He's just dazzled by this wizardly duel that's apparently about to happen when the musical number ends. Oh, no, 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 no. It's happening while the musical number is going on. Oh, no. 
Fun fact, choreographed dance and song doesn't really do that well in a fight situation. Well, what if your magic comes from the power of dance, Kyle? Had you considered this? I mean, it does a little better. The issue is they're a little flowy. They get a little bit too into it and then they stop remembering the moves and then spells are going all over the place. It's it's a thing. But that's a battle that's going on. And while it's going on, Misha, the letter that you picked up from Adrian flutters in your hand a little bit. And what you read from it suddenly makes a lot more sense. My child, I hope this letter finds you well, and that you are good in both intent and action. The prodigious is the highest honor someone of our stature can attain, and it will mold you into a fine and respectable member of society. So please, little Adrian, remember the sacrifices that your father and I are making if you should ever consider that villainy nonsense again. After all, it's simply not what good people do. And that combined with this dance is when you realize that while they may be a rapscallion and a scoundrel, Laadrian was never a mastermind. They're just a person who wants to be themselves. And you can mark Laadrian off of your suspect list. Okay. Already ahead of you, Kyle. <laughs> you can also mark Laadrian on the floor. Oh, no. Because they do not do well against Vespari. Oh. And you hear a thud and a burr of a buzzer as Adrian just slams onto the ground against Vespari. Aww. They're getting a kick out of this. They are smiling and grinning, and they almost go to continue the fight. But that's when you see a pair of two gentle feet rest themselves on the stage. And Ellie, you notice Zoe look up at the stage, recoil a little bit, and, and grab her hair. You see, standing between Vespari and Adrian the blue fairy who has set herself down between the two as a way to signal the end of the fight dr silversteel wins and to a crowd of boons la adrian says fight as much as you want the butterfly will be back and will consume the world with my villainy. <laughs> and he makes his way off to the stage to a crowd of very excited, very enthusiastic boos. And while Adrian's walk was usually a measured walk, it is now a full-on strut. And the announcer continues. Is there anyone else who wishes to challenge the reigning champion? This time, this isn't a rhetorical question. The next person in the line got... And he picks up a note that he was handed. A little pebble. The flu! <laughs> who else will challenge the great Dr. Silversteel, conqueror of the cosmos? Chuck will actually give a wide smile and gently place Ness down on the ground again and say, I shall be right back. And then raise his hand and go up to the stage. You make your way up to the stage. And as you get onto the steps, a trap door opens up and Sir Kentrum Esquire pops on out of it. Uh, it looks like there's some <laughs> underground walkways he can take. And he says, hey, man, I can see you're participating in this bullshit, too. Trying to score some votes for the proligarchy? Actually, no. I, I don't care about that at all. I think this could be fun. All right, man, whatever you say. Hey, you got a name? You need to have a name. They get very upset at me if you don't have a name. <laughs> you can put it down as the Wizard of the East. Our next challenger comes all the way from the wild wastes of the beyond. Presenting the fearsome, the uncontrollable Wizard of the East. And Shock will, perhaps for the first time comfortable in this crowd, stride out onto the stage and then just uh, bring the strong glass staff down once as like a resounding thud against the stage. You know, dramatic wizardly shit. And then Shock will, uh, to Vespari, say, Uh, hello there. I don't think we'd, we'd spoken since getting on board the ship. And when there's no response, he'll just say, you know, I, I was a little confused at first, but now I think I understand why you, why you want to do this. And I would like to join in. I would like to face you. Um, 
Vespari's a bit taken aback by that. The you know like in cartoons where it takes on the facial expression of whoever's wearing it. <laughs> yeah, the mask was scowling at you like mm. like a Spider-Man mask, and it just aloofly sticks its nose up at the air and say, "Now you're in my court, Boyle." Boyle, Boyle. I couldn't think of anything else to say. I fuck. That is the most Vespari thing I have ever heard. And I want you to roll initiative, baby. Oh, that's a nine. All right, Dr. Silversteel is a bit taken back. It looks like he's going to let the opponent from the east take the first turn. So Shock is going to open up by, um, for flavor, just for dramatic flair. Can I say that I set my my strong left staff to floating next to me? It's, it's the effect of my resonance field, but I, I'm not going to mechanically have it do anything. I just want it to be, like, off to the side. And so Shock will whip out his arms, revealing his two gloves. And from his left hand, a beam of cutting light will gather in the ring on the palm and lance out towards Vespari. And I rolled an eight. The beam of light cuts through the sky. But Dr. Silversteel is too fast. Like a lightning bolt, he whips his way past and bends his body in such a way that it looks like the light cuts right through him. The most agile of performers is he. I'm, you know what? I don't like this gimmick for this one. I can't do the Kentrum voice. <laughs> it's dueling time. Kentrum doesn't matter anymore. Vespari whips his way out of the side, and as he does, he clicks his foot, and a spark rises up, and like a bullet, he shoots one towards you. He uh, Basically, he shoots a line of his dust, and the spark follows along the line, trying to make its way towards you. And in response, Shock raises his right hand and activates countermeasures. A sort of holographic display of symbols appears before it, and he, he taps some of them in rapid succession to create almost a net to capture the esoteric and fling it back at Vespari. Okay. I'm gonna stick two levels of effort on this one. And that is a 15. So uh, describe how it goes into your net and whips back out. Well, it's sort of like blue light extends out from the palm as the spark strikes it and gathers in Shock's right hand and he gives a little smile and then just flings it back out and it hurls back at the same speed towards Vespari. And now, seeing the effect of Vespari's boots, Shock is going to bring up the left hand again and this time direct cutting light to like slash up a stage by Vespari's boots. And let's, let's do two levels of effort as well. And that's a 17, so it'll do one extra damage. How much damage does that do? Uh, it does five normally, so it is six now. All right. It slashes on the ground, and uh, the sparks go up and Sounds hit Vespari. like he's Vesparky. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that sound was, that's my reaction sound. The sparks go up and they hit Vespari, but that gives him an idea. As the spark goes up and kind of hurts him a little bit, he lets some of it catch onto his silver dust, which he envelops around himself and creates the equivalent of the spell Shroud of Flame. And now his entire body has become shrouded in flames that will last for up to 10 minutes. And he takes some of these flames, forms a fist, and punches. It's funny because I just got through editing the Fiery Hand of Doom in uh, in Cookie 2. But go ahead, I will... Uh, I'll, I'll countermeasure again. No effort this time. Gotta take some chances. Oops! Fucking oops, that's a four! So the flame goes to hit you and you have that countermeasures prepped. But he wasn't going for that. And the fist rises in the air and hits a fake plant in the banister above you, which falls down and knocks you on the head for eight points of damage. Uh And the announcer says, hey, remember, only esoteries, no cheap shots. And Vespari just turns over and uh, angrily says, you're a cheap shot. <laughs> Shock will shrug off that hit, but grinning back will um, will once again cast cutting light, but this time trying to send out different pulses of light rather than a continuous beam firing a bunch of different shots to uh, to maybe make it harder for Vespar to dodge. Mechanically, it does nothing. I'm just I'm just trying to add some flair to Shock defense. Shock attacks. (laughs) I only have one attack spell, so I can't even mix up my moves like a Pokemon. Shock does quick attack. 
That's all he knows. Shock, use thunder shock. It's not very effective. <laughs> well, it's just as well that I forgot to apply effort. I rolled a three. Uh, I'm going to give you a GM intrusion. Who do you want to give your other point to? going to give it to Hopper Scotch. What? No real reason. Just felt like it. Vespari's feeling this, right? He's getting confident, and he sees those pulsating lights, and he shoots out his cloud of silver dust. And just like it had reflected the stage lights, the cutting light lights start to shoot around it, and you just see this, like, basically rainbow of different lights shooting between this different silver dust, and five of them launch their way back at you for five points of damage. Oh, I just take that automatically? Yeah, that's a GM intrusion component. Oh, well, now we went from being like, this is fine, to now I'm actually fucked. That, uh, that was colossally bad, because I'm impaired now, so... If you want, I could make you, uh, dodge. I just thought it'd be interesting. No, no, way. no, it's it's perfectly fine. Uh, this is more deadly to me than the regular Bob fight now. <laughs> that's fitting. That's fitting. Shock gonna use a cypher. Shock is gonna withdraw the healing stim that he's been holding onto since the very beginning of this adventure and shoot up with it to heal five points of might. And as you do that, which is free for the first time you do it, it's a free action. Uh-huh. Uh, you hear Sir Kentrum say, as we said, just esoteries. You're a cheap shot. <laughs> I didn't even say that. <laughs> and Vespari just turns over to you and nods his head like, nice. <laughs> Got him. And Shock will gather power in his left hand because this this fight, if this is a fight of attrition, Shock will wear down sooner rather than later. And he doesn't actually know Vespari's limits now. I'm gonna say one level to hit, one level to damage. And I rolled a 12. Yeah, describe, you hurt him real bad. So how are you using your cutting light again? So this time, as Shock rises up from that hit, like getting off the floor, a lot of light is um, being absorbed into, uh, into the ring in the center of the left glove. And his fist sort of shaking with the power a bit, he sends out a solid beam square into Vespari's chest. It hits the Shroud of Flames and pokes a hole and the Shroud of Flames almost like moves around to his back like a turtle shell. <laughs> and he falls on the ground and he is in serious pain. In fact, you can see part of the mask dramatically like it always happens is cracking a bit. And Vespari does his one last big attack at you and he takes the entire flaming shroud and he throws it. <laughs> We're going to do countermeasures again, and this time, four levels of effort. Fourteen? With four levels of effort? How you finish this duel against Vespari? So, not, not playing around, not trying to conserve his strength, Shock unleashes his full force. I'm not sure exactly what this would look like to others. Perhaps Shock's eyes are even glowing a bit with a mechanical light as he raises up the right hand and the entire shroud of flames is sucked down into the right glove. And then with a roar, that Inferno blasts back out and swirls around Vespari like the Pokemon move Fire Spin, like <laughs> buffeting him around, maybe burning the cape up a bit, just like spinning him around and flopping him down with a plop back on the stage again. Hopefully non-lethal damage. Vespari flops down onto the ground and his mask shatters. And he just tries to pick himself up and falls down. And you hear the crowd going, Ooh, oh, it's hushed. The villain has beaten the protagonist. And Vespari's like, I can, I will not lose. I will not. And that's when in front of him, you see two feet gently place themselves on the ground as the blue fairy hovers herself down and stands between the two of you. And you hear the ring as the announcer says, Looks like that's it for the reigning champion, everyone! Our new champion, the Wizard of the East! How are you feeling right now, Shock? Not like, what are you doing, but how are you feeling? Hmm. Shock is... Honestly, Shock is sort of zoning out the crowd and focusing on Vespari because he just is concerned over, over how Vespari is, especially after a big attack like that. And Vespari is definitely struggling to get up and he's trying to, but he seems brought down more by his emotional pain than his physical. 
and he's getting up. He's like, I can. What are you doing standing in front of me? I can and I must defeat him. If I am not the greatest not nano in the world, then I must be the greatest nano in the world. And, and the blue fairy, for the first time, makes a sound. She turns over, raises her eyebrows at him, and you just hear a little, <laughs> a little self-chuckle to herself. And she turns back over to you as I'm just gonna say one of the trap doors or like what the stage op- uh, the stage like rotates so Vespari just slides down into the crowd. <laughs> but then, this poor boy. As you hear the announcer asking for, well, who's gonna compete against a new reigning tramp? You see the blue fairy turn over to you, move one of her feet in front of the other, extend her hand forward, and beckon. And let's roll another initiative. I'm not sure if there will be a need because Shock says, I forfeit, and turns to walk off the stage. Hmm. Roll speed defense. Yeah. I wondered. I can apply one level of effort to this and I shall. Oh, it's a 16. It hit a three and then rolled and it was a 16. (laughs) Oh, I promise I didn't cheat. (laughs) You hear a swish. And you turn over and you see that a line of beetles has extended and grabbed your floating staff from next to you. And it pulls it back into one of the blue fairy's hands. And she raises her other finger in a like a fashion at you. To clarify, the speed defense was to try and keep hold of my staff, right? Yes. And I failed with the 16 plus effort. You did. Shock will turn and walk into the crowd. I burned up everything fighting Vespari. I, I will lose this fight. This isn't a fight I can win, especially with that excessive uh, effort on the uh, on the last countermeasures, which just took out like a third of my total my intellect pool. Shot can't win this fight, and he knows that. No, that's fair. I think that's a valid and fair choice. I do want you to make a note. You can no longer use the esoteric resonance field. Okay, I accept that. All right. So the night ends, kind of disappointingly, kind of like a with a whimper. The blue fairy, who's been just dunked on twice in one day, not like dunked on, but just confused. Like Misha grabbed her arm for no reason earlier this afternoon, and now she really eggs Shock on to a fight, and he just said no. So she just leaves. There are a handful more fights. We won't play through the rest of it, but is there anything of note that happens uh, over the course of this evening? Can, even if we don't play it, can Misha fight at the Nano Fight Club? Because they really wanted that too. Yes, Misha absolutely fights. Okay. Uh, Give me a roll to see how Misha does. Okay. I rolled a 12. Okay, so uh, Misha, you do you do pretty well. You eventually do get bested by uh, Chef Silverstein. <laughs> you get defeated by Chef Silverstein. <laughs> Could it just be that they got defeated with like food-related esoteries because Misha just doesn't like food? They have a masterful control of the fire and ice esoteric, which they use to alternately cook and chill their dishes. <laughs> Yes. So Misha gets defeated by Chef Silverstein. That's the one part of the night wherever it seems like really amped up a little bit. In fact, Aww. you can notice that uh, Chef Silverstein has like, you know, those little panel, those little like um, desks that like indie bands have at performances with merch. Mm. Um, actually, she she has a little thing like that. And you can see Everett walks away with a few pieces of Chef Silverstein merch. Um, yeah, so Misha fights. You do pretty well. You don't get anything in it other than wow that was fun it's fine and probably some adoration of ness oh ness is fucking loving it yeah, yeah. what was ness's reaction to shock's little performance up there i'm i'm curious my reaction was actually he had you not turned away ness was actually going to intervene misha was also going to damn <laughs> i'm disappointed i did not get to see misha fight for my honor but it's <laughs> misha was going to do that it's fine uh but upon seeing shock walk away ness would have run after him and like shock that was amazing up until you forfeited do you know how much merchandise we could make of you we could make actual money look there's a merchandise table over there for like a chef like like we could make so much action figures 
figures. We could have had action figures. And he's saying things of that vein. That does sound very nice. Uh, I w- wasn't really in a good state to fight another Nano, especially one who might be much more powerful than Vespari. I'm a little sad she stole my things, though. Does this, does this, does this terrible city have laws against stealing? Ness shrugs. I don't pay attention to laws. <laughs> and I think we can probably cut that scene there. So you make your way out into the night. You do a lot of various things. Uh, a whole lot of them are kind of re- repeats of last night. Shock goes back to his room. Maybe tries to make discussion with Everett. With, with In either case, Everett's out in a second. Uh, where is Ness? Where, where does Ness hang out in the evening? With Shock, for the most part. Yeah, that's fine. Ness can stay in, in our room. Yeah, Ness, Ness, Ness follows Shock around. I kind of like, okay, I, I'm kind of, you know the backpack that Ness was put in? Yeah. When Shock was, I kind of like the idea of Ness just flipping it over, dumping it out, and going into it like a sleeping bag. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, even as he sleep, he would do that. He would just appropriate all of Shock's things. My tools. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is my sleeping bag now. This is where I live. This is my home. <laughs> He wouldn't say anything. He would just dump it out and then climb into it, silently daring Shock to say anything about it. God, I love him so much. But yeah, in character, Shock actually would not say anything other than to smile fondly. Meanwhile, Misha, do you uh, try to explore again tonight? Yeah, I think Misha, Misha would do that. I think for like the first half, they would just stay in the deck and look at the stars because they like that. But the second half, they would explore around. Jesse will try to follow you again. Yeah, no, I know. Misha, before doing anything, will... I'm thinking if Misha could... I know technically last session, I used my data sphere thing. But if I could use it to like look how to read nighttime stories or how to like help people sleep like if there's like a lullaby or something that they can get like expert in in helping humans sleep play them a lullaby on your kazoo yeah no actually do you get get that kazoo play me a lullaby um i don't i'm not ready which one what's a lullaby uh We've got to think of a good meme lullaby. Hold on, hold on. Have we done Have we done All Star by Smash Mouth yet? No, but no, but that... that's not a lullaby. Somebody once told me. Uh, I, I know. I I got the one. I got one. Hang on. It's fireflies, but I'm trying to make the chorus. Oh. <laughs> basically just fireflies fucking incredible (laughs) um yeah and (laughs) jesse goes to sleep very very you you tuck them in i also want to leave misha's scarf on top of jesse too well i can't just have that not work then and then the scarf will wrap around them in a hug and they'll close their eyes to sleep as the scarf just pat pats them to bed and when we check since they will say i always do find my scarf comforting so that happens. The only other thing of note is you do feel a little vulnerable without your scarf and without Jesse there. Being all alone, it's... You should be all alone, but for a second, it feels like you aren't. For a second, it feels like someone's almost trying to speak to you in the way that Shock does, trying to worm their way into your head. Oh, no. But that's the end of that. And then, Ellie, what do you do during the evening? Can... Can I say that Ellie knew that it was Ray's birthday? Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, know. it doesn't you actually, know, actually no, matter. Ellie, Ellie's whole thing is that she doesn't let go, so she would absolutely remember. Yeah, like she would know. And I have a list. I would like to go to the mail room because that's where the gift thing is, right? The ending machine. The ending machine. Yes. Yes. Okay. I would like to buy sleep mittens, a diabolical puzzling box, a stuffed quail, a mining knife, and a self-healing plant, and a jar of olives. How do you have so many coins? Because I didn't buy anything. Oh, I see. I was saving it all for gifts. I see. Okay. I would like to purchase all of those things. And do what with them? I would like to hoist them all into my arm. Well, I would 
I want to keep the olives separate, but I would like to hoist the rest of them into my arms. And then I want to pile them in front of Ray's door. And then I would like to take the mining knife. And I'm sure I have something in my hat that I can write on. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, there are bricks all over. Yeah. But what do you what do you write in? I want to know what you write in. Um, the thing is that I was gonna do it without a note, but the temptation to have, like, a note stuck to her door with a knife <laughs> was too strong. As you're just taking the creepy visual novel gift-giving activity yeah. to its natural extreme. See, these are why these games limit to one gift per day, or it becomes very creepy. Yeah. Well, the purpose is not to actually charm her with this. There's no way this is going to win Ray over. Okay, so you just paste a note? Happy birthday, Ray. Um. (laughs) I was just picturing the um also in the note after that point. (laughs) All right. um. And then I want to hold it up against her door and then stab the knife into it so it's held up against her door. Over the pile of gifts that will hit against the door when she opens it, because I've just shoved them up against it. And then after that, you go and you have another restless sleep in your room, because even though you had cut that your bed open and let loose all the fathers within, it's still obnoxiously comfy, because the whole floor now is covered in those dang things. And it almost seems like there are more fathers in there than there were the night before. <laughs> Like turtle snow. All right. And then hop. Hop, 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 hop. Um, well, I want to specify that Hop would have gone to see Shock immediately slash shortly after the duel to make sure he was okay because Hopper was hanging out with Sarah the whole time, but he wasn't completely oblivious. He was watching the fight. Sarah would actually want to come too and, uh, and, and congratulate Shock. I was going to ask, yeah. So Sarah and Hop met Shock and then he would have walked out with Sarah. And actually, when you congratulate him, Sarah just gets really friendly very openly and like says, I did a good job out there, tough guy. And does a playful punch in Shock's shoulder, which definitely adds a might point of damage unintentionally. (laughs) I I didn't need that fucking shit. (laughs) Guess I'm redistributing these pools again. Oh, calm down. You're full healing in the morning. Oh, do we full heal overnight? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was only between arcs because I was like, I've used up my other two recovery rolls for the day and I'm not even close to full. No, you'll recover. Okay. I wouldn't do that to you. All right, all right, all right. Let me. All right, that's fine. Um, And so then after a few more hours, Hop, you make it back to your room. Whew. And you're by yourself for a while. You were actually with people for a, a few hours. That's pretty odd for someone who's been hiding. Hopper still feels lousy as soon as he's back in his in his shitty room he kind of like just lays down and thinks about the letter again he's had a break so he feels better than he has in the last few days but once he's alone again it all starts to like resettle it's like when you forget about a problem you're having and then it all just comes back as soon as you're alone so he's just hanging out in the room thinking again about the letter which he doesn't need to read but is in his pocket Hop, you start to hear some lazy thump, slide, thump, slide, thump, slide on the uh, hallway outside your door. And then suddenly it bursts open and almost like a crumpled napkin, (laughs) Vespari walks into the room and just slumps, falls onto the top bunk, all of his limbs and his head listlessly dangling down from the top bunk. Do you know what it's like to live your whole life as a sham? Hopper leans back against his pillow and is speaking to the bottom of the bunk of which Vespari is on. Yeah. Yeah. But you get used to it. (sighs) Did I tell you? Of course I didn't tell you. I didn't tell anyone. I wanted to be a nano so badly when I was a kid. 
I saw these magical people making magical things and I was filled with such wonder. But I didn't have the nano ability. Egg and I worked day in and day out to get our nano abilities, training, looking up different kinds of religions, religions, until eventually I got these amazing powers. And then what does everyone say? That's right, they say nothing. Everyone else, it's mundane, it's nothing, it's regular. I try to make something out of it and nobody cares. I mean, you had a lot of fans tonight. I wouldn't say nobody cares. Yeah, well, they were fans of Dr. Silversteel, not the great Vespari. Can I, and he pokes his head over the top bunk and he just looks down at you with big eyes. Can I tell you a secret? Pepper just nods. My real name isn't even the great Vespari. It's just Vespari. (laughs) (laughs) Did you give yourself that name? The great Vespari? Yeah. Eeg had this big, long, fancy name. I couldn't think of anything, and all they said was, Well, you're pretty great. Pretty great. I wasn't even good enough to come up with a name. I was just like, Well, they say I'm pretty great. I guess that's what my name is now. Names have a way of falling into your lap like that. Have you ever regretted being Dr. Silverstein? Silver, Silversteel. Dr. Silversteel. Now that was something that I did right. People actually cared about Silversteel. You see tonight's Vespari performance? No, you didn't. Because they canceled it for a second round of Kalaval. It just... It just hurts when your real self has a fake name and your fake self a real one. And Vespari takes a moment to think, and then he goes on another tangent. I haven't even mentioned that annoying young man, Shock, Wizard of the East. Hopper's pupils get so small. Like, they do that cartoon (laughs) thing where they just dilate really, really quickly. He just walks in, waltzes in, and says, hey, I'm Shock. I'm a wizard. I do spells. And everybody loves me for it. Ugh. Arrogant little shit. But can I tell you the worst part of it all? Yes. The reason I hate him so much is because seeing him so successful makes me feel so unimaginably envious. Redemption arc, here we go. Hashtag best hopsy raptor. And everyone's chanting. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, not like that, but they're chanting. I want to be Vespari and I want to use magic, but I guess the world isn't interested in a magician who does Vespari. I guess they're more interested in those that have PhDs first. <laughs> Dr. Silversteel is a doctor of law. <laughs> <laughs> Vesabari took it from a soap opera he saw one day. He took Dr. Silversteer and he just added the Conqueror of the Cosmos part. The rest of it was just a soap opera he saw. And admittedly, the Conqueror of the Cosmos, that was just the name of the show that started right afterwards. I was wondering how he came up with this name when he struggled to come up with names in the past. Plot holes solves. Take that one, Cinema Sins. (laughs) 